This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Not everything metal was created equal. What an ugly thing to say. The Metal Sucks Podcast. Shiggity Chuck and Godless attempt to bring order to chaos or just make stupid jokes about dumb people. Stupid. A person below normal intelligence. This is the Metal Sucks Podcast. Greetings and salutations, my fine metal <laughs> Welcome to another edition of the Metal Sucks Podcast. How the hell you doing? I'm Chuck. And I'm Godless. And this is your weekly examination of all things Metal, all. The Metal Sucks Podcast. Uh, make sure that you are hooked up with us all over the place, man. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you get your damn podcast. Make sure that you are subscribed. Leave us a couple of stars. Tell us we suck. That way, it comes right to your device whenever we post it. Or, of course, you can find us at MetalSucks.net every single Monday. That's when we like to post this damn thing. So, hook up with us there. Social media, you can find us on Twitter. I am at Bearded Ape. I am at Godless Speaks. Godless Speaks on Facebook. Godless Speaks on Spotify. All over the damn place. Godless Speaks. And on, uh, and on Instagram, at Chuck and Godless, you can find us there. What's my Spotify? I think my I think my Spotify is still under my like radio show, not, No Control Radio. So yeah, you can find me there. Well, I'm, people should listen to you at NoControlRadio.com. I'm starting to get I'm starting to get a little bit better about the Spotify playlist thing. I installed it again. Now I'm, I'm working on that. So I'm, I'm getting better. Getting better. You know? I don't know. It's one more thing for me to like plug music into and listen to and all that. It's like okay. Well, I, I I don't know. I'm I'm kind of an iTunes hoe. When it comes to that. But also uh, find us on Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash Chuck and Godless or Chuck and Godless.com. You can find us there and support the show. We appreciate it. All of our early Please. adopters. Thank you. Yeah, because the truth of the matter is, is that we actually need support. So if you've been listening to the podcast for, uh, you know, weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks, maybe even years and years and years, uh, you know, just tossing us a buck a, a month or so. It's easy to register. It's easy to set it up. Uh uh, it's greatly appreciated, and and all I can say is that the 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 little ooh, you know you might feel from having a, a dollar or two pop out of your uh, account once a month. Uh, actually, how it feels to us is much greater than how bad it might feel for you. But you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I can I can get behind that. I mean, you know, it, it's it's funny because you know it is a, it, it's a cool Patreon is a cool thing to me because it, you really can like just give a nod to the people that you enjoy. You know, so if you enjoy the podcast, we appreciate it. And like you said, it's it is something substantial, at least to us anyway, because if nothing else, it's like, yeah, all right. Vote of confidence. That's cool. All right. So we, we appreciate everybody who's already uh, jumped in and supported us. So Chuck hit that up and check it out. Yeah. You you know, people buy an album from a band, you know, you know, and, and, and the band, you know, puts out an album that's an hour long every two years, three years. And then here we are. We put out an awesome album every freaking week, <laughs> every week. We Sometimes need, it's even album. Yeah, we, we, we need, we need more merch. Yeah, that's all we need. Yeah. Well, yeah, we put out double albums every once in a while, you know, so it's pretty kick ass. And two, you know, uh, we also throw in some extra content, some other cool stuff. Like whenever we have uh, extra interviews, you guys get that stuff first. Uh, so that's always kind of cool. 
and if we have a topic that may not be completely metal or something like that, we throw an extra podcast together. We got 10, 15 minutes worth of stuff that we want to talk about or whatever. So we will chunk it up there and uh, you guys can check that out exclusively at the uh, Patreon. This episode, we got uh, none other than Des Fafara from uh, Devil Driver on this episode, man. We had him on before and he's got a new ri- new ripping record that's going to be uh, coming out. It's... um. Uh, let's see, a little more aggro than almost anything that uh, Devil Driver has done. I know that's hard to believe, but it's actually true uh, because they've gone through some stuff that they hadn't gone through before. And we talk a lot about that uh, as far as what's been going on with Dez and the band and everybody who's left and stayed and gone and come back. And uh, da, 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 da. there's a lot of the, lot of stuff. The dude gives us like so much insight into the whole split of you know devil driver and 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 you know and the the new blood and and so much more candid than i was anticipating i thought we were gonna have to fight to get some info and he just tell, tells it like it is it's such a cool dude well no that's what i love about des is that he's just like he doesn't fucking care he's telling the truth and then you know it's uh, it is what it is so it's like that's that that's great i you know because a lot of time you will not get that kind of reaction out of people when you're especially when you're talking about controversy you know, so, but I think he's got, he lays it all on the table, uh, 24 seven. So it's just about, you know, making sure that you put it out there to him. And, it'll, it'll and the songs you. we're playing this week. Uh, let's see. We got, uh, we're going to do one from, uh, the new devil driver. Uh, we're going to do something called daybreak. We're also going to do a new one from architects UK, which I'm not sure if everybody's into that or not, but, uh, you will be once you hear the song. It's really, wow. really kick ass song. So we got that coming up. We're also going to talk about this, uh, flap. That happened with uh, David Dreamman. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. Calling out a fan at the show uh, for texting on the phone and whether or not you need to put your goddamn phone away at the show because I'm tired of looking at your fucking screen from the back of the room when I'm trying to watch goddamn Napalm Death, you son of a bitch. I just want to watch a fucking show, man. Why do you why did you bring your iPad to the show? Yeah, you've got a different opinion. Actually, I do have a completely different opinion, but, you know, it is kind of funny because it is frustrating on some levels. We'll talk about that toward the end of the show. Uh, but I also posted this week, um, you were interested in doing some April Fool shit, right? But I, well, uh, on the other hand, had uh, no interest. It's not not <laughs> at all, like none, none, not even close. I don't know why, maybe because I'm, we're inundated with it with Facebook and everything else and uh, just get tired of it. But I did. I, I post on another website called uh, Side One Track One, which is a friend of mine here at work. Uh, kind of an indie. Uh, it's indie music and stuff, but I'm the metal guy. Right. So every month I do a post called Happy Metal Fun Time. And it's it's kind of dorky, but it's kind of fun. So I kind of make it I kind of tailor it to sort of uh, hipster dudes and things like that. But then do it kind of a theme every month or whatever. So my post this week was April Fool's Day, right? So he's like, come on, you got to do something fun. Uh, oh, boy. Uh, but I did want to do something like completely stupid. And that was fake. So I decided to do something real. But everybody seemed to think that I was lying and faking about it because it's seems like it's out of completely out of my character, which is I, it's not. And and this is a playlist of of music. It's a playlist of music and a little post about you know whatever that music happens to be. And yeah. is this the show tunes crap that you, you, you you're usually into the Disney stuff? No, no, it's not the show tunes this time around. This time I did a, a playlist of something that is actually uh, even more kind of in my wheelhouse because I do love my show tunes. I love Broadway and stuff, so I, you know all about that. But this is barbershop quartet music is what it is. Um, yeah, yeah. 
because acapella yeah acapella music not like the shit you see on pitch perfect or none of that crap i'm talking about four dudes singing together making making badass harmony and it's rad shit it really is kind of uh awesome i know that <laughs> metal fans probably not so much but for me it's rad and you're pulling this shit out like on your 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 drive home from work how often oh well i do it a couple times a week you know well actually what's funny is is that i I just started, I just went back to go sing in a barbershop chorus here in in Austin. And You're taking on another hobby? Yeah. This this is so bizarre, because it's like, I mean, you go to like four ni- four shows a week, yeah. and then, you know, you do the two podcasts, you yeah. got no control radio, the whole thing. Do you ever spend any time with the wife and kid? Well, they don't like me. Well, actually, they, actually, they do like me, but, but, but the th- thing is, is that I mean, they also know that I want like this is something that uh, I used to sing in a chorus and a quartet back in the day, like when I was in my teens, and it, and it was it was fun. I was thinking about it the other day. Uh, my quartet was called in high school was called Aces High. That was the name of my quartet because there's a whole thing about how uh, barbershop quartets have got a, like a poker theme, things like that. But I wanted to bring a little bit of metal to it. So I was like, and I will call it Aces High and it'll be like, see, that would only be cool if you guys were doing like barbershop quartet versions of Iron Maiden songs. Sooner or later, I'm going to make that shit happen. You got to make it. I'm going to make that shit happen because I'm going to be I'm going to get a post on Metal Sucks at some point of uh, hey, I mean, check I get these dudes th- out I, doing Slayer songs, barbershops and quartet style. I get that the wife is like, oh, well, cool. You're doing something that, you know, I can listen to. But it, I mean, <laughs> what is her reaction when you're like, hey, I got an idea for another hobby I want to do? Well, I mean, it's just something that's just self-fulfilling, you know? I mean, it's a matter of going and doing and actually having some creative output. I was talking to my buddy about it, and it's like, it, it is completely different. Like, when you're talking and you're a critic to, about something, or it's part of your, your playing music, but then actually doing stuff reminds you of what it's like to have output, have creative output, versus uh, versus actually just talking about it, you know? So it is something completely different uh, when you actually do it. So it's kind of I get it, I get kind of that. I, yeah, I get that, but I'm just I'm still like uh, you know you're trying, trying to, to get figure past out the family thing, like my time. Uh, yeah, I'm trying. Yeah. yeah, the family. Th- yeah, the time commitment thing, the family thing. Because I I would picture the wife kind of just turn into you and going, uh, why don't you creatively express yourself, you know, with the family? You know, why don't we do something? Well, I mean, the, the thing is, is that that my family, the way that the way that we we roll, especially you know, my wife is a writer, so her thing is that you know, she's a very her hobbies are very solitary you know she wants to write and i can't do shit with that there's a you know like i can't stand it. hey what are you writing today you know i, I mean no well, but you could read and edit well i read from time to time uh, but i still don't have my bifocals that's my problem i can't fucking read <laughs> yeah. shit right now <laughs> i do i do believe that i have read more of your wife's shit than you have actually and- probably have. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's probably that's probably true but the thing is is that that's her hobby that's her thing and that's what she does and it's a solitary thing so i've got my own thing like the metal thing is my thing she doesn't even listen to metal she doesn't listen to you know doesn't i don't think she's yeah, ever listened you've got to this podcast. a lot of things you got video games you've yeah. got the video game podcast i mean i could just i'm just saying all right from, from my perspective like like in my house if i had said hey i'm gonna take on another thing 
the wife goes, don't don't even think about it. I mean, you got to spend some time with us. You know, not that we particularly like you. You're not a likable person, but we have committed ourselves for the you know the next few years to to be with you. So you should be here. You know that that's yeah. that's how that conversation goes. Well, and um, but I think also at the same time, like uh, the the other thing is that it's one thing if it's if it's work. And it's a whole to me, the, this is kind of how it is. It's like if it's one thing, if it's work, it's another thing, like if it's for pleasure. You know, I love going to shows, not because I, I, I write reviews for them, not because, you know, we talk about it on the podcast, not because I talk about, about it on my show. It's because I love to watch live music. You know, I want to go sing it's something I want to do. So it's like it's part of something that makes me happy. And, you know, those are the things that that y- doesn't you your be able family to do. make you happy. Uh, they do. And I spend time with them. When you've I'm got a, no time, you're dude. writing reviews, you're playing video games, you got two podcasts. You, oh, they go, they, dude, they go to bed early. I stay up all, I stay up really late. So like half the shit that I do is like after after nine o'clock when everybody's already in bed. So like once everybody crashes and, and I, I'm up for another three four hours. So like that's yeah, when I do you, half of my shit. You work long hours on top of it. I mean, it's not like you're home at five thirty p.m. No, that's true. But I get home and I, we do homework. We we spend some time together. Oh, homework! That's quality time right there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> after you see my after you see my kids' uh, math homework, yes, it's quality fucking time at this point. It really is. But no, we we do spend a lot of time together. We're going to a, a festival thing this weekend. We're gonna uh, do some other. Uh, well, and you know when <laughs> it's that River Rock Fest you're taking them to? <laughs> no, no, God, no, 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 no. no. Uh, it's some Texas music, no uh, New Orleans food thing that we're doing this weekend. So I mean, it, it, I spend quite uh, quite a bit of time when I have uh, my free time, you know. But I try to I try to narrow it down. What free time? You got no free time, and th- and what free time you had? You're now singing through. Well, there's no, and I'm, it makes me happy. What's wrong with that? A, ha- a happy dad is a good dad. Uh, yeah, uh. Eh, 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 no, no. Sad dad is good dad. Is sad dad is sad dad what it's all about? Oh, well, I'm just God, saying. God if you, if, if you're, you're basically saying that that like you're happy when you're doing things away from your family and sad when you are. That, no, that, no, no, no. That means that's, that's actually not true at all. I, I'm happy, happy all the time. I, I'm happy doing both, man. Yeah, pr- yeah, pretty much. I mean, come on. Well, then you should consider having more hobbies, you know, like with the family then. Well, eventually my daughter is finally getting old enough to where where we're kind of doing shows together, which is which is pretty cool. She's not into my music, but I go see shows with her uh, to go see live music and stuff. Some of the bands she wants to see and stuff like that. So, I mean, I'm we're bringing it along a little bit, you know, some of, uh, some of that stuff. So some of that stuff is kind of coming together. You know, me and the kids started like riding bikes together and shit, a little exercise and stuff like that. So, you know, they're, they're, they're there's other things where you get together, but and who knows? Eventually, you know, I might uh, convince her to start singing some barbershop I wanna, I wanna music. Interview, I, I want to interview your wife. <laughs> well, you know, she's uh, the sarcasm would make me look terrible. So, <laughs> yes. you know, uh, but in the end, you know, she's going home with me, baby. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Well, but I'm all just right. saying it like, all right, the, the barbershop quartet thing. I'm interested the moment that you actually cover aces high, you know, yeah. then that's going to be interesting yeah. sooner or later. Well, that's actually what we had talked about was uh, I, uh, a friend of mine is one who taught me into going back to this thing because uh, I hadn't sang in almost 
20 years, 15, 20 years, something like that. And, uh, and he was like, yeah, well, I got this idea to do like a black metal quartet. And I was like, Ooh, okay. Wait, all right. Tell me yeah. what you got here. And he's like, I want to do like all corpse paint and like spikes and leather and all that stuff. Do the quartet dress up like that. And then we sing like, hello, my baby. I'm like, Oh, that's actually fucking priceless. I'm like, that's, <laughs> I was like, that's actually pretty good. It's like, yeah. All right. Okay. And then I still, I still, I still, you know, there's that big Christmas sing-along down at the Capitol building every year. I always wanted to, like, do the show up and do a mosh pit while doing a Little Drummer Boy, but you never liked that. I, well, I just told you no every time. I'm like, I'm not going with you because I'm not getting arrested. <laughs> Fuck no, I'm not getting arrested. I live in I live in a bad county. I don't want to. No, no, no. Well, I, I've been in that jail. It's no fun. No fun at all. But, you know, Mosh pit. well, speaking of family, that's one of the big things that uh, one of the two F's that uh, the Des Favara talks about uh, in our interview of one being family. OK, the other being mm, what's the other F? Do you remember? Not at all. I have no idea where you're going. I was <laughs> suddenly the word faith popped into my head and that wasn't it. It was something that's else. Not it. Uh, <laughs> damn it. OK, well, you have to listen to the interview to find out. Des Favara from Devil Driver on the Metal Sucks podcast. This is Dez. Dez, what's going on, brother? It's uh, Chuck and Godless from the Metal Sucks Podcast, man. Hey, what's going on, man? Oh, another beautiful, beautiful day, brother. How you doing? Uh, chilling at home. Getting ready? Yeah, it's nice. We start, uh, we well, we start rehearsals uh, on the 18th of April, but next week I go to New York for press, and so it's all, it's just been ramping up. I go to New York for press and come home, we shoot two videos and then go straight into rehearsals and then straight out on tour you know in the united states what's a day like for yeah. des before like interviews get going and all that sort of thing, when you're not doing anything i mean because you're not practicing guitar what, what do you do i write a lot so i get up in the morning primarily you know my wife and i get up with our great dane and doberman and cats and tend to have about an hour in the morning just her and i kicking around you know drinking tea smoking pot and then from there you know either get on the treadmill go to the gym or you know, do stuff around the house. I mean, I'm just a normal family guy. I got three kids. And so there's, you know, there's, you know, got to get to Lowe's and replace that light. And, <laughs> she, you know, she, you know, the, the fuck, you know, it's getting ready to be 110 degrees out here. So I got to paint the, I got to stay in the gate. You know what I mean? She wants me to help her put in flowers. So, you know what I mean? It's a, it's a, it's uh, pretty normal for me at home, and I, I tend to keep you it that way. You seem like the kind of guy who knows his way around a Lowe's. Because, like, I get lost, and I, you know, and then I feel intimidated to ask because, you know, I don't know the difference between a three-inch screw and a half-inch screw, you know, all that sort of thing. Right. You, you seem like well, you, you, I, you're down with it. I was raised in a construction family, so, I, you know, I was raised very blue-collar. I mean, I was working on a job site at age 10, at age 9, actually at my dad's job site. So I know what it's like to get up, you know, when the sun goes up and be so tired when the sun is going down. It's funny. A friend of mine, is a, he's a rancher in Texas and we were having this conversation. He's like, you know why I like you? He's like, you can come out here and get up in the morning with me and do the horses and you're tired. Like I am at the end of the day. It's like, yeah, well, no shit, you know? So yeah, I'm no stranger to, to, to hard work or places like Lowe's <laughs> at all, you know, <laughs> you know, it's a, it's Did, yeah, it's pretty normal. Here, you can right? run a trot line, you know. I mean, it's all that's what it's all about. 
Yeah, you know what I'm saying? That's it. That's for sure. <laughs> Does that work ethic make everything that you do as an artist have a better chance of success? This has been like, a, this is, God, for some reason on this record, this has like been a question with everybody. And I think... Oh, if there's oh now I'm embarrassed. No, but it's it's kind of, it's a trip that now that question is what comes around. I guess it's maybe that I've been in here many years doing the same thing. It's like, and the answer is 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 always like three or four fold, right? It's like not just hard work and belief in yourself, but keeping your nose to the grindstone and all of that kind of shit. But it's also you know, keeping your surroundings tight with friends, keeping your your circle close. I tend to really just hang out with my family and my kids, my dogs, and just a few other people. Um, I tend to stay out of the bullshit of the music industry completely. Like, I mean, you're not going to really find me backstage tearing it up or out of the strip clubs. I mean, I had my day doing that when I was 20, you know? So for me, it's like all of those things combined, plus having a family, it's like you have to succeed. I mean, if you're reading this or listening to this and, and, and you're living on your own and you don't have a wife or you don't have kids or you don't even have a dog, like you'll never know what I'm talking about. Like you'll never get it. But as soon as you wake up next to somebody that you love, and I've been with my wife almost 18 years and you're like, man, I got to make sure there's a roof over her head. Or, you know, you see your kids come downstairs. You're like, Hey, I got to have eggs on the table this morning. Like, you know, or you, you know, you're looking at a dog, a great Dane that's a 200 pounder. And it's like, I eat 60 bucks of food a week. Like he needs to eat. Like, so you got to go out and work. So that also applies that work ethic, you know, but then there's the love of what you do. And so you got to love what you do. And anything I did in life, yeah, whether it be brick lane, uh, you know, masonry, I mean, et cetera, I've always enjoyed it. I enjoyed aspects of that job. I enjoyed aspects of the job site. You know, at three o'clock, you're having a beer and you're done. You're not thinking about doing the wall the next morning. You're done for that night, you know. And for me, I was was great. You know, my job now, it's like I, you know, I go to bed thinking about my job. I wake up thinking about my job. So, yeah, I think you know, just all of those aspects. You just you need to apply yourself in life. You need to enjoy what you do. And I love music. I do love the road. I love truck stops at three in the morning. It's like you know, it takes it like takes a really rare person to to dig that shit. Like. I don't mind going without a shower for a couple of days. Like, shit, like, I don't mind. And and I love being on stage. Now, all the other things that go along with it, missing my family, my kids, my dogs, all the things we've talked about, or what used to be, you know, fights on the bus with band members, this stuff. Like, I'm over all of that. I'm I'm in it for such a pure purpose now that I am almost feel like, like I'm doing my better work now than I ever did. And I think that's going to that's gonna continue for sure over the next 20 years with me because I'm in, I'm just in a headspace and I'm touching into something and I'm tapping into something and, and it's pure for me. It's a, it's like a pure source, you know, how recent is that transition? You know, not recent. The transition has been going on for years and years and years and years. And now it's just really come to a point where, you know, the last few people in my personal life, my business life, my whatever, that were any kind of negative energy, just like are, they're gone. You know, I made that transition in the last year where it's like literally sat and made a list and looked at my wife and said, read me those names. What do you feel? Tell me what you feel behind each name. And it's like, read a name. It's like problem causer. Read a name. It's like negative. Read a name. It's like every time that person calls us, it's like someone stubbed their toe. It's like, you know what? I'm, I'm tired of dark clouds. Like, and I don't have one. My wife doesn't have one. We're always glass half full kind of people. So making that is what really contributed to this record and adding 
so much, so many different topics and different emotions. It's like, you know, somebody was talking to me the other day and said, man, it's crazy. It's like there's, there's love, there's betrayal, there's trust, there's no trust. There's so many feelings on all these different songs. And it's like, it encompasses where I've been, man, in the last probably, you know, at least 10 years, this record. It's crazy to think that that's coming now. I took a, I took a, a pause in my life, man. You got to understand, yeah. you know? Hey, buddy, have a good day. I love you. Uh, my kid's going to work. My youngest has got a job. How rad. That's mm. uh, awesome. nuts. Hard. We're uh, going to school and working. I'm proud of him. But I, I think, you know, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> well, so I, I, I hate to like pick apart titles or anything like that because that's always weird and strange. But, you know, when I think about Winter Kills, I'm like, okay, you know, that, that's one thing. Beast, yeah, okay. But this is titled Trust No One. That's got to mean something a little bit more more than any of your other ones. Go. You know, the, re- the record is extremely poignant. I tried not to beat around the bush or be artistically in the clouds at all lyrically. I didn't want you to have to fig- try to figure out what I was saying. You know, it's not like a song like Clouds Over California where you're like, what are you talking about? Are you yeah. talking about literal clouds? Are you talking about weed? Are you- what are you talking about? It's like, this is different. You know, and I... I jokingly said to my wife a couple months ago before press started, if anyone asks me what the name trust no one means, like I'm going to hang up on the interview. We, we laugh. <laughs> we, you know, like me, we laugh for like four minutes straight at that. Cause she was like, you'll do it. And I was like, you know, just waiting for a click. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I mean, really, I mean, really what it is. I mean, really, if you, if you get into these lyrics, you, you won't have to ask me what I'm saying. Uh, and if you just, you just say the words, trust no one, you know exactly what I'm saying. Right. So, and it, it's also like a, a, a terminology that I'm trying to use where I raised my kids with a, a big bumper sticker on our uh, refrigerator my whole life, said their whole life, said question authority. Well, that wouldn't work for a title, but trust no one is totally along the lines of question authority. Question everything, question everyone around you. Be very careful letting people in. You better really watch yourself before you let someone into your personal life. And once you do, you better still watch them. You know, I'm not saying don't go forward in love and light and trust and all these other things. I'm saying you better trust no one. You better really watch yourself for a little while before people start coming into your life. And even then, you better watch the scenarios that they insert themselves into because you're like, wait a minute, you know, who are you to me? And now you're inserting yourself into wait, this situation. And how are you even talking about this situation? It's none of your business and that kind of shit. You got to really watch yourself, man. And that's in biz. That's in business. That's in personal. I mean, that's everywhere. You know, that's if you're going. I mean, I went to a Baptist school. That's if you're going to church. You better watch your back. People will be talking shit after that. After you know, after church. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's one thing when you know, like that that new guy that you're hanging out with screws up your shit, but it's another thing when you've got a long ass relationship that a lot of other things in your life has been built on, and then that trust gets broken. Well, you got to realize that life is full of growth, right? So you're growing, and the people that you're hanging out with are growing. So you don't know which way they're growing. You know which way your roots are spreading and which way your tree is growing. You have no idea which way they're growing. So I've had friends, I've been around for 10, 11 years, that just all of a sudden I wake up, and I'm like, wow, that's you? Like, okay, this is you. Like, I just saw you do that and say that, and that's you as a person? Like, I can't fucking believe I even had you at my house and had dinner with you. Like, we're done. We're done. And that scenario has happened, uh, you know, countless times to countless people over countless eons. 
but you have to be able to be awake in order to see it. Otherwise, you end up hanging out with that same person for the next 10 years, and you wonder why your life has gone downhill and why nothing you do when that person's around is a good time. Mm-hmm. It's, this, it's this total situation of people grow, and they grow apart. It doesn't make them bad or you bad that you grow apart. It's a situation with my ex-drummer. We came, we came home. We had three weeks off. We knew we were going to Australia for like four or five shows. After that, we were doing one big show with Knotfest in California, and then we were taken off after this record. And I called him. I texted him. I was at home fucking watching The Simpsons upstairs, and I just texted him and said, dude, we haven't gotten along in like 10 years. Like, I'm really tired of fighting with you at 3 in the morning. Like, I don't even get, get this relationship. Like, thanks for giving me 10 years on the road. You're, you know, you're a good dude, but we don't get along. And he was like, you're totally right. We don't get along. And you know, you know, you deserve to be happy and I deserve to be happy. I'm like, cool, let's, you know, let's do these next tours and then part ways. We had great time in Australia and a great time at Knockfest and parted ways. And I talked to him two weeks ago, you know, he's doing well. So it's just, you got to eventually part ways with anything around you that'll drag you down, you know, or you may be, you got to be so aware of yourself that you may be hanging out with somebody dragging someone else down yeah. and you got to be able to, you got to be able to come up as a man and go, Hey dude, I'm dragging you down right now because I'm not in a good headspace. So let me catch some of myself for a while. And then I'm like, I'll call you, you know, in a week or two, a month, whatever. Once I got my shit together. So you just got to be aware in life, man. And this record is about being aware. Okay. And this, this record is about being aware of yourself. Like there's a song called my night sky. And it's about literally making the night yours, making, making what you want to do yours, being built for the kill. Meaning like, you know, put me in the ring, I can do this, right? And there's so there's a fair share of like, you know, the Rocky feeling in a bunch of these songs, you know, that's like, get up, put on the gloves and go in the ring. And, uh, and there's, there's other songs too about, you know, like Trust No One, about, you know, watching out for people. And there's a there's first love song I ever wrote that's called uh, For What It's Worth. It's the very last song. It's like the heaviest shit I've ever written, you know, because it's poignant. And it's surrounded by heavy riffs and crazy fucking fat drums, man. It's like when I started getting this music, I was freaking out. Freaking out, man. Whenever you're writing an album and you're trying to put stuff together, sometimes when you come out of the studio, it ends up being slightly different than you had anticipated going in. And I would imagine you're used to the guys that you were pl- performing with before and getting comfortable with what their contributions were going to be. So how was that process different this time around from expectations versus what the product was? Well, I think the last couple times around, we had fair share of, of writers taking the lead who should have played ball with the other writers and let them come with more ideas. And it ended up to be one guy really just trying to take the lead on not on like multiple records and it got old. So the difference on this one is like everybody came to the table. First of all, it was really on Mike. Okay. And Mike's stuff is some of the, best shit that a devil driver has. I mean, I could name all the songs that he's written. You'd be like, Oh shit. Those are all the ones you play live. But a lot of his stuff still for the records would never entirely make it to me because other writers would just, you know, they would fight, they would clash in the studio. And I was never part of that stuff. Cause I was at home writing my own lines or et cetera. But I think the difference now is like when Neil came in and he's an incredible guitar player, he's been playing since he was like five years old, Texas guy. I mean, he can build guitars. He's a luthier. He's just like, superhuman on the fucking guitar he came in and brought like 12 songs and the first song we released to the public daybreak is primarily neil 
but it's Neil and Mike reworking. So, you know, Neil would bring in, ah, oh, no, you know, Mike would say that works completely for Devil Driver. It sounds like a Devil Driver song. And that's why I hired these guys, because they already had a take on what we did. You know, they weren't going to come in and go, you know, my main influence is Rush and Yes. So, you know, it's like, you know what I mean? Or some <laughs> yeah. shit, some old, some old, you know, I, I mentioned those bands because I cannot stand those bands. So, <laughs> you know, I, I, I fucking cannot stand it. Like, I mean, I just, uh, drives me insane. So, you know, they came in with their, like, full on, you know, like Austin, uh, it's killer because you get a drummer, right? But you find out that he sits down with a guitar and he can riff. So... You know, those guys sat around and just and riffed and riffed and riffed, and they had a long time to write, man. They had over a year, which never happens to us. And I'm, I'm, I'm grateful. I started getting tunes, and I mean, the first night I got songs, I stayed up till four in the morning in my studio just listening to them as loud as I could. My wife, kids were coming down. It was amazing, you know. You've referenced this process between these two records has been different than anything else you've done in the history of Devil Driver. I mean, not only because you know, lineup change, but also the coal chamber, you know, it, intermission that you hit there. But it sounds like you also kind of took it a little bit of a deep breath in between this two and got a chance to reset yourself. We released six records in 12 years. We toured harder than any metal band on the planet. And, and, and I've had people do the math. We've played more shows than any metal band on the planet. And it was just time to really take off. Mike was like, look, I need time off to surf and build my studio. I needed time off with my family. It's been 20 years. I've been on the road. It's like, and I've never taken time off. When I had a year and a half scheduled completely off, that's when Cold Chamber called. So a lot of people think, oh, you, you know, he took off Devil Driver to do Cold Chamber. It's like, nah, it's the other way around. It's like, they called me and said, look, you got a home studio. Yeah, well, what's your main goal? I said, fuck, my goal is to eat dinner with my family every night for a year and a half, so don't even talk to me about anything. You know, and they were like, well, you can make a record at home and you can eat dinner with your family. I go, okay, cool, I'll do that. And when the record was done, we all got so stoked behind it, it was like, how about some limited touring? I go, dude, I'm off right now. Well, how about three weeks in the United States? Okay, cool. I'll do that. You know, because my wife wants to go to New Orleans. She can hop on the bus from here or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not, um, yeah, it's not like you're on a, on a six-month road. You're not like you're touring with Devil uh, Driver, where no, you're just no, nonstop no. going, going, going. No, not even, because yeah. I, literally, I mean, I was taking off to spend time with my family, and I got a fair amount of time off, which was really, really needed. We, we started a surfwear company called Sun Cult. And we've, you know, we're on Instagram at Sun Cult Official Surf, and we're on, you know, Twitter. And we started this company where I'm making like throwback boards from the '70s, long boards and fishes. And so I've surfed all my life. Yeah. So we started this with the kids, and and we've got killer apparel, and that thing's getting ready to, you know, the the website's getting ready to launch here in about two months. I've got, I've got a killer shaper out of Ventura that I'm working with. So it, it got us time to like do stuff as a family, like surf with my kids and surf, my wife surf, surf with my wife. Like, you know, now I'm ready to get back in the grind. Like she, she sees it. I get up in the morning and, you know, she's like, here's some coffee. I know you're thinking about music. You know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, I'm thinking about music. <laughs> Start twitching you know? a little bit. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, totally. I No, I am dude. And you know, you know, what's killer is like, I remember when I was like really young. Cause I was in bands when I was 14, 15 years old, like psychobilly punk bands. Like, and I was a stand-up drummer. I started singing when I was like 15, 16 as well. And I used to love like just telling people, like, what are you doing? Oh, I'm going to rehearsal. You know what I mean? Yeah. It'd be hilarious. You know, you're, you know, you're in 7-Eleven. Like, hey, where are you going? You know, you're all dressed up in the middle of the day with black pants. And black pants. It's like, where are you going? I'm going to rehearsal. Like, you just thought yourself was so fucking cool that you're going to fucking band rehearsal. That's how I feel right now about being in Devil Driver. 
Like I get the fucking like butterflies as I'm walking into rehearsal because it's just like, oh, you can feel the energy in there now. It's like everybody wants to be there, wants to be there for the duration. Everybody wants to take a, you know, fucking 12:30 red eye to play the next fucking afternoon with no sleep. Like everybody wants it and they want it like I want it. They want it bad. So that makes it all good, you know? With the the reu- reuniting in a way with Cold Chamber, how did that inform what the changes have been happening in Devil Driver? Or did it did it work the opposite? Are they completely unrelated? What you know, man, those bands are so unrelated. It's unreal. It's it's like they're just so separate. It's like what I did with Cold Chamber back in the days when we helped contribute to. I mean, starting a new scene. We we were one of the bands that came out of L.A. long before anybody else, like System or any of them and help that scene come alive. We helped form our own scene. So looking back, you know, like when I left Cold Chamber, it's like new metal's a dirty word. Then now all of a sudden it's like, <laughs> those are the concerts that are selling more than anyone. Corn, Disturbed, yeah. Slipknot. I mean, that's new metal, you know? So it's rad to see it come around. And, and, and Devil Driver certainly stepped out and did our own thing 100%. And we're highly aggressive and volatile in the beginning, even when, that wasn't like par for the course whatsoever, you know? And so I just feel strong, like that they're, they're two separate things and they need to be approached totally separately when it comes to everything, musical style, uh, the way the band members interact, the way the business is done. All of it is just completely separate. How they influence each other is if I get into having any negativity in either band, I'll always be like, Oh, okay, if that ever arises in the other band through whatever, you know, it could be whatever, that's how I'm going to deal with it. So it's kind of like they help each other out a great deal. Um, and you got to understand, I'm not in Cold Chamber world. You know, like, I'll tour when I can, if I can, if I want to, if they want to, if the vibe is right. Um, I might make another record. I might never. I don't know. With Devil Driver, if you ask me those questions, it's like, I'm fucking touring. It's like, I'm making records. like, what are you doing in 2018? I'm making another record. Like, I'm already writing. I woke up this morning at 4.30 in the morning when the studio started writing. You know, I, I can tell you what's happening in that world. As far as Cold Chamber, it's a very, it has to be up in the air. Otherwise, that's not good for that thing. To have that thing tethered to a tree and just you're telling it when to eat and when to go, it's, when to go out, and it's, it's going to fucking turn around and bite you on the hand, you know? <laughs> I had two questions. I guess, how did Mike react when you first told him you're going to do stuff with Cold Chamber again? And then secondly, like, how did he react as things were going down with John and Jeff? Well, you know, I called Mike five minutes after I text uh, John and uh, me and John were totally just, just on, on a good level. It's like, yeah, man, we need to part ways. And that's that. And Mike was like, yeah, man, you guys fucking don't get along. You don't like him. He doesn't like you. And, He's monopolizing writing process and like my songs aren't getting to you. That's why when they asked Mike, they, you know, his only quote for the record was, this is the record I've been waiting to write for 12 years. Cause it's like, give me a motherfucking chance. The guy waited all this time yeah. to, be, to be, to be the commander at the helm, you know? So, and then, you know, regarding Jeff, that's like a touchy subject. Like you don't walk on somebody ever that gives you their time. It gives you 10 years of their life on the road. You don't, right? So you don't, you don't ever come after somebody like that and, and say negative shit. You just don't. That being said, Mike and him were having issues for years regarding his lack of contribution over the years. 
And, you know, when you have producers tell a guy to get out of the studio or you have other guitar players in the band going, you know, I need someone to fucking contribute. That's a, di- that's a difficult process. Now, me, I'm Italian. I'm loyal. I'll keep you here for 10 years. I mean, until someone actually stepped up to me in the band and said, dude, the lack of contribution is just fucking killing me. And everyone's getting paid and everyone's this and that. It's like, okay, you know what? Maybe I turned a blind eye to this stuff. Because no matter how the songs come out, as long as they come out good and they come out on time, and I can get my deadlines met and get out on the road, that's what's going on. But now you got to take a look in the inner lives of these writers and the inner feelings of these writers. And you got to say, okay, enough. You know, Jeff, sto- Jeff stood up and once Birkin was leaving, chose to leave because the tension between him and Mike had been just over the top. And I mean, you know, when you're getting ready to play 2,500 seaters sold out in the UK and the guys are down the street outside a pub brawling, then that's, it's done. That's enough. That's enough. Music is so not about this. Listen, man, I know fucking hundreds of bands. I would say 90% of them hate each other and fucking tour anyways. And you know what <laughs> suffers? You know what suffers? Here's, and, and, and the old, the old like, adage of like, oh, just keep the band together, or it's not the original band, I don't like them anymore. That analogy's gone because the brand has its signature sound, and that's if you're fucking Devil Driver or Van Halen. Like, and as long as the signature sound is met, you don't want the vibe on stage to be so bad that the people feel it. You don't want the vibe on, on record or in the studio to be so bad that the people feel it. So what suffers is the music, the, the live energy from the show, because some dude just won't smile. Or, you know what I mean? You, you don't want that. And I have sworn myself now, after going through you know, nearly 10 years of having a very tumultuous relationship, when everyone's like, oh, Des must be the dictator, Des must run it. Well, let me tell you, if I did act like that, Nine years ago, several of those dudes would have been gone already. But I have a loyalty. Guys who were in the RV with me, sleeping through fucking snowstorms and almost getting killed by semis crashing into us and shit. Like, you have to be loyal to those cats. Until it's time to stand up and go, now you're not fending for your own enough. You're not bringing home the kill. I keep sending you out to hunt, and you're not bringing anything home. So fucking, you're banished. You're outside. You're outside. Has the business side of the split been clean? Monetarily, I don't discuss those things. I mean, you know, let me tell you, I own Devil Driver. I mean, Devil Driver is my entity. I started the band long before any member even came in. So that's smart. Although there's been a few revolving members, you know, that's that's that. That's this is my entity. and, And but compensation and fairness has always been the name of the game for me. I mean, I'm a Freemason. So. Everything I do is on the level. And if I tell you exactly like it is and you don't like what it is, it is what it is, right? Yeah. So that's just that, you know. And you know what, man? If you're in a punk band, you're in a jazz band, you're in a blues band, you're in a metal band, you're in a fucking rockabilly band, a psychobilly band, you're not in a pop band. If you come into it thinking you're going to be a millionaire in a fucking year, then, you know, you might as well go... You know, you might as well go jump off a cliff. Cause yeah, that's not gonna but at the same time, though, you never know when you're going to see a Stooges song pop up in an Audi commercial, you know? So it's, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like you just, you just never know. You just never know. I mean, it's funny, like, 
and and brave you know brave words too because you know not many people say so what's up with the money splits it's like i could have just said fuck you i'm not gonna <laughs> answer that question i'm not gonna i'm not gonna answer that question but the reality is right that there are realities you yeah. know and and these are things that other people will learn coming up if you're listening to me and you got a band you know that's starting up like you got to realize like like cold chamber was even members of the band when that thing went south nobody could do anything in that band Everybody was fucked by the thing going south. And it's not like you can go rush people into rehab. You're going to have to wait. And it took them 12 years to get themselves clean. I couldn't even go out and, you know, do Cold Chamber had I wanted to. I didn't want to at the time, of course. And I didn't want to do Cold Chamber without them. And I didn't want to do Cold Chamber until they got themselves together. So... But yeah, you don't 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 tie yourself up like that. You yeah, know, and actually, more than anything, that's the reason why that kind of stuff is relevant. Because I mean, if nothing else, it's like a teaching moment. I mean, hell, whether it's a relationship between you and the other band members or whatever, I think you know, hearing you guys, hearing you talk about this stuff straight up is stuff that you know young bands need to hear. You know, well, it's a different story. I mean, everybody in my band right now, that's in my band now, nobody was there when I got the record deal. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, so, the, so that being said, I mean, but look, if you're you're but you got to think about bedroom. it. Doesn't matter what the situation. Yeah, yeah. Is. if you're yeah. all living in a one bedroom fucking studio sharing top ramen, like me and and Cold Chamber were, I mean, we shared fuck. You know, we all lived in a one bedroom. We shared top ramen. We stole food from fucking supermarkets. Well, then of course, when you go into a record deal, everybody is even, Steven. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And yeah. that's the way. And that's the that's fair. Again, that's that word. You know, I have a new manager, and it's like, he's like, what do I need to learn about you? I say, you need to learn the word fair. The way we deal each, with each other has to be fair. The way I deal with members, fair. whenever you put together budgets to pay people on my crew, you've got to remember their family. You've got to remember fair and family. I think those two words are like unfucking breakable for me. They're like my balls. Don't bust them. You know, <laughs> I, won't break, I won't break my word and I won't break my balls. That's just that. So it sounds like you and Mike are still pretty solid, right? We've always been solid. Yeah, me and like Mike it, had me and, oh, we had one we had one blowout, and it was it's on fucking camera for everybody to see. And I threw a <laughs> wine bottle at his head. Mm. You know, I mean, and after that, it was in France, and I threw a wine bottle at his head. And then after that, we were on the bus laughing our asses off, going "fuck, that was hilarious." And you know, we're we're good to go. You know, look, personalities change. Do 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 band members and do fans want changes within bands? Nah, often not. And that's why I kept it together for so long with those members. But good thing I changed, because look at Trust No One. First yeah. of all, they we're getting the first 10 out of 10s we've ever gotten. The U- all the UK press is like over the fucking top. Everything in Germany is like over the top. I mean, the, the, the quotes I'm getting from people are like, I've never heard anything like it. You know, and I lived with this record for the last year, man, in a fucking bubble. So be able to share it with press is like, is one thing. And to be able to get 10 out of 10s is is one thing, but man, I got to get this thing out to the public. This is something that if you're a Devil Driver fan, you need to hear, and if you're not, you need to hear it. I had a, a guy call me the other day, said, look, I've never interviewed you. I go, cool. He's like, I don't even know if I was ever a fan. I got turned on to one record, didn't have time to listen to it, moved right on to whatever, and, and, and never caught you guys, and I never saw you guys live. I was like, cool. So what do you want to talk about? He's like, I fucking can't stop listening to your record. That's the thing you want to hear. That's the that's the compliment you want to hear, you know? And, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm proud of what's going on with this thing. It's like, it's, you know, it's becoming its own monster. And somebody told me, you know, three years ago, dude, you guys need to take off. If you take off, you will be the most missed band when you come back. And I was like, dude, see, here's how I work. If you go in to fucking high school as a freshman 
and you get a Devil Driver record, you're telling me you're not going to get another Devil Driver record the whole time you're in high school? So that's why I release a record every two years. Because the younger fan base, like, already after a year, they've moved on, they're listening to other shit. And, you know, when you were young, when I was young, you got a record a year. I got a Kiss record a year. You know, I got, I mean, I got a record a year. So I'm trying to keep on that timeline of, of putting out every two years, but we needed to take time off. And it's a good thing we did because it's, it's obvious we've been missed. And, you know, now everyone's inviting us back for American festivals that we've never done. And a lot and a lot of really cool stuff is coming down the pipeline. And you settled a bunch of stuff internally. You know, you got a lot of stuff. It sounds like you got a lot of this stuff put behind you guys. Hey man, and even the guys who left the band are happier for it. Yeah, every yeah. every and, and 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 now everybody. I mean, like Mike and Brooklyn talk all the time. Like I said, I talked to him two weeks ago. I don't talk to Jeff, but I I literally had no relationship with him for twelve years, anyways. Like really, none. So he he was there because he was there in the beginning, and because I was loyal. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, look, moving on, moving on. Right? When yeah. you come up, when you have something happen like this, and and you. And you come up on it, and you fucking take the bull by the horns, and all the analogies that your grandfather ever fucking used that you never listened to. <laughs> right. Pull your fucking self up by your bootstraps and all this other shit. Like that's the pull real your pants deal. up. That's the real deal. You know, don't fucking cry. Get the fuck up, back on the horse. That whole thing. Look what happened. I mean, I found members who are incredible. The record turned out incredible. We overwrote. There was twenty three songs we wrote, man. And I mean, I wrote lyrics, everything. We were done. We were we were ready to release a double record. And I think the thing would have been on par. The second record would have been on par with this one. There's so much killer material left over. So maybe so. a new Devil Driver in 2017. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think so. But I'm 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 definitely thinking, you know, come off the road in late 2018, and uh, and get in there and and release you know release sometime in 2018 and 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 funny enough like we did talk about uh, with Napalm doing a double record you know and yesterday we had a lot of killer news come down the pipeline I and mean, everything's going really well for this band right now pre-sale is of the record is double of what it was last time with seven weeks to go wow so that's a really good sign and this is this is as people just heard one song keep in mind we're going to release more prior to going in and yesterday i woke up to an email from my record label saying we'd like to sign you for another four records three firm and i was like huh like no one does that now dude you'd be surprised to even get a record deal now let alone somebody putting on the table three firm record deals with an option for a fourth that's just like fucking unheard of that means that the company that wants to sign you has the utmost faith in you and that you have the utmost faith in that company so there's been some incredible stuff happening to Devil Driver, 100%, man. That's great, man. And they want to put the effort into, you know, so yeah. that the career is got long. They're not, it's not flashing the pan thing, you know. They're not trying to score, yeah. hit, score yeah. well with this record and move on, you know. No, no, no. And you know what's cool is like, like they've been listening to the record for like a fucking week or two weeks, you know. So by now, now is when, you know, you can feel the wheels over there turning. They're like, good God, this thing is a 38-minute monster. Like, and it is an assault, man. It is. And there's so much, there's a total different vibe on this, on this record musically, man. There's like, every Devil Driver record has its own signature sound, okay? And it's different from the, from the next one, for sure. Pray for Villains from Beast, Beast from Winter Kills, without a doubt. This thing just has a fresh take on what's going on. And even, even vocal delivery, the patterns I use and stuff are like very punk rock, like over the top, fast, very like moving, 
to match the riffs that Mike was writing. So there's just something real, real special about what's happening right now within the band and with the music and everything else. And that's, that's good to see. That's mm-hmm. really good to see. Dude, I mean, I've interviewed you for Last Kind of Words, Pray for Villains, Beast, Winter Kills, Now Trust No One. I think this is the happiest I've heard you sound in, in a decade. <laughs> right. Like, you sound so stoked about it more than you ever have. That's actually kind of cool. Right, man. Look, and, and, it's, and it's kind of why I make the mention of, you know, 90% of the bands hate each other and continue to tour because <laughs> right. I'm, I'm hoping somebody somebody hears this, somebody like reading this, listening to this. Like, Let them go. go. Yeah, goes, you know what, I'm leaving. Or, or, you know what, let's make some changes. Like, and this goes within life, man. I don't care if you own, you know. But I can change company. him. I can change him. What do you mean? I can change him. He's going to be okay. <laughs> Yeah, dude, I'd leave that shit for the relationships between women, women and men. Look, uh, man, men don't, men don't change. No. Men are men don't change. You know, newsflash so, just and, came through Yahoo. You two just broke up. <laughs> right? No, they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> let me like, when, when, let me tell you something. When billions are on the table, people don't break up. They just go get counselors. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Damn straight. Well, dude, it's uh, it's been great talking to you again, man. Can't yeah, wait for everybody awesome. to hear. Trust no one. It's gonna be it's gonna be a banger, man. Can't wait for it, brother. Me too, man. That the the you know I'm resolute in the fact that that people are gonna love this record. I mean, and the record company did a great job putting it out. The pre sale is only seven ninety nine, and the thing is signed by all of us. So I don't know where you're gonna find that going on anymore. But you know, head over to. My Instagram, Des Safar at Instagram, head, you know, head over to my Twitter, which is Evil River. It's Devil Driver without the D's, if you haven't guessed. <laughs> so, so cruise over and you know, say hello, talk to me. I'm I'm always on there as well. I'm always on social media. You know, being a really private person, social media gives me an ability, or interviews like this give me an ability to kind of reach out, you know, farther than I definitely would because I, I don't really step past the bus stage or my or my pad, you know.
subscribe to the Metal Sucks Podcast today. Tell me what's little weapon to watch your kingdom grow All the edges in the ocean have a soft that's
So what is so important going on in the world that you need to be texting the entire fucking show? The whole show! You're right up front, I can see you! Clear as day! You've had your face in your fucking phone the whole goddamn show! Are we that boring? Well, don't tell me to go fuck myself, you already did by looking at your phone instead of paying attention! wrong? Am I wrong? If you were up here and I did that to you, how would you feel? Seriously, it's fucking rude. It is. If you don't want to watch, don't watch, but don't stand there in front of the fucking stage in the front row of the balcony where everybody can see you texting the whole fucking time on your phone. What, can I at least have your word that I will have your attention for the rest of whatever's left of this set? Alright. Uh, now she's all pissed off. She thinks that I did something wrong to her. I love it. Welcome to the age of the internet, ladies and fucking gentlemen. Yes, everybody. Welcome to the age of the internet, Batman. Uh, David Drainman calling out a fan at a show. Uh, David David Draymond deserves so much credit and so much applause for doing what he did there. What? That, I mean, yeah, because, dude, she. this is the thing, right? So she's got to put out the statement, I was texting my kid, right? And I get it. A texting a kid takes a few seconds, you know, the, the, the usual thing, right? But if it's going to be a long conversation, which apparently, according to David, it was, and let's be honest, probably it was, otherwise he wouldn't have pitched a fit, stand up and go to the back of the room because now you're disturbing the people behind you. You're disturbing the people performing. She's a detriment to the show. She shouldn't be in the front row. I don't care who you're texting. I don't care why you're texting. Get up and move to the back wait, of the wait, room. Wait, wait. It's you, rude. From the guy who just gave me shit for not spending enough time with my family, you're going to give you're going to give this woman hell because she was texting her her kid who was in a thunderstorm and shit and scared. You not you, you spend the time not in the front row disturbing everybody you, you spend have a the fucking, time no 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 she, get, you stand up and you get in the back no she bought a seat to that show in the balcony where she was sitting she doesn't have to fucking move to do whatever she was gonna do who gives she, a shit dude that, yeah, does, no, that doesn't she, matter she just because you you buy the seat doesn't give you uh, the the permission or the the uh, carte blanche to do anything you want. She can't take a dump in that seat. She can't light up a cigarette in that seat. You have to be, and the reason you can't is because it disturbs the people around you. And so the same thing when you're texting. I, mean, I don't care no, why. No, 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 no. That, you get up and you go. You're talking Dude, about it, things it, that are against the law because you, if it's a rule of the venue or or shitting in public. Is is not something you would do because you get fucking arrested for it. Not but, texting in public in a public place at a seat that you paid forty bucks for uh, at a show that you've been watching during the fucking intermission after the fucking show is over. No, that's bullshit. I call bullshit but, but, on that. No, no. But the reason that you can't poop on the seat, the reason you can't light up a cigarette is that it bothers people around you. And this is the same thing when you're texting. You can't pull out your phone and text your kid in a storm during the movie. There's no reason you can do it 
during the show. It's BS in both places. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, and Draymond you, calls no, it out. You can do it during the show. Or you can do it during the movie if you wanted to. I'm not saying no, can. I, I'm not saying that it's not rude. I'm just saying it's that it's incredibly her, rude. That's all, that's all Draymond's that's all Draymond's saying is that you're being rude. And so what, is it is it uh, uh, okay for him to call out somebody who's being rude? Yes it is and that's what he does. And he's the only guy with a microphone who will do it. Thank no, goodness he's, he's no, willing to do it. He's being a shithead to somebody who paid money to see that show and who was a fan of the fucking band, who actually spent the spent the time to come to that show. I see it all the time when I go to shows because I go to I go to plenty of them all the time. People are are texting, doing whatever on their phone, and you know what? A lot of time, and because I do it too. You know, welcome to the internet age, Dave. Uh, really, seriously, welcome to it because part of what she was doing during the show was taking pictures and putting them on Instagram, taking pictures, wait, wait, putting wait, them wait, on wait. Facebook. All right, taking but doing Wait. other stuff during the show. Those are things that this, people do nowadays. Now it sounds like this woman's rather age. busy. Now it sounds like she's been rather busy. She's texting. She's Instagramming. She's Facebooking. You, you know, pick your poison. You know, yes, yes, sending something out. I mean, everybody takes a picture and sends it out, and, and the band probably appreciates that. That's good. What Draymond called no, out the band for doesn't was spending it. an extended, uh, is expending an extended amount of time being distracted by her phone, and therefore it, distracting David, distracting everybody in that audience. You know what? I bought a ticket to that show, and I'm standing on that show, and I can't see David Draymond perform to the best of his ability because he's distracted by somebody up in the freaking balcony in the first freaking row i say stand up move to the back don't be a distraction so that you're a detriment to everybody else in that room not at all that's i still think it's bullshit because uh, because if it is it is part of the way of the world now you, you it, those bands are no, getting much more somebody, legs and much more benefit from the people that are hashtagging them including them on instagram including them on facebook that are t- that are tweeting out their shit that are nobody's contesting all that, that stuff and draymond i don't think it's contesting that either what draymond's contesting welcome is to the internet people this she, is the way of she's the world spending, now. Oh, she's spending dear. all of her damn time with the conversation she's probably trying to talk the daughter off the ledge because her daughter's so scared and that probably takes a good half hour or more i totally get it i i I think it's her responsibility to do it i think it's a bummer that she's missing out on the show to do it do it in the back don't do it in the first freaking row of the balcony that is rude oh my ass Uh, it uh, that's bullshit Uh, it it is that's total bullshit because it doesn't matter where you do it uh if you were doing it in the front row right in front of his fucking face and taking a picture i i because i know that other people have tried to do that shit where you know Corey taylor will fucking throw water on people's phones and shit like that all right whatever you know i get i get that but a lot of time what they're doing is they're trying to you know to have a picture of their experience what they're doing right now and promote what's going on around them it's just a part of what's you're you're trying, to, you're trying to change the topic. This isn't about taking a picture and take and, and sending a quick note out. This is about an extended text conversation that this woman had in the first row of the balcony. This and is it, no, 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 more, no, no, no. Yes, no, no. if more artists about, don't, if more artists do not call it out when they okay, see here, it. Okay, I'm just going to pot you down so think, I can talk over you. There we go. Okay, I'll just. That it's a thing. So no, the thing is, is that what you're doing is you're relying on his word 
and his exaggeration of what that whole situation was. You're believing everything that he said and when he in his apology, when he apologized for it because he found out the rest of the situation, he admitted that this is part of his fucking shtick. This is part of the thing that he does to try to get people involved in the show and make them feel better about it. It's part of his shtick. And that's bullshit. So if it's part of your fucking shtick to make your fucking fans feel like idiots, that's fucking stupid. And you, and there's no reason why anybody should do that now if you have somebody who is really just a fucking annoying asshole in the front like using their flash taking pictures of themselves over and over and over again that's a real shithead then yeah okay there's there might be some validity to that it's from what the woman described um after her explanation of it sounded nothing like what he just ripped on her for texting the entire fucking show it's like that's not what it sounded like to me of it doesn't no and and it's her word against his. But the fact that he fucking apologized for it after he found out the situation means that he he probably uh, was exaggerating a little bit there. And Occam's razor, man. Occam's razor is going to. What do you think is more likely? Do you think that she sends one note to the daughter saying it's going to be OK, honey, and then puts the phone back in her pocket and that's what she's getting yelled at for? Or is it a little bit more likely that it's going to take a little while to get to calm the kid down? And you got to send a few more texts than that. I'm thinking that he walks out on stage for the encore. She's got her fucking phone up in her face and she's texting back and forth with her daughter. He sees that and calls that out the way it is. And, and, that, and, and thank you for doing so. No, and it, and it doesn't. And I don't think he fucking probably didn't see her the rest of the show. Probably was just that one fucking spot where he saw it and called it. And that's Bullshit. why that's why he apologized. David Draymond is doing a public service, not only (laughs) not only for that show, but for future shows. Thank goodness he's spending a little bit of time every single concert calling out somebody for being an asshole, because what it'll do is eventually people will get to come to know, hey, look, you just don't do this. You don't do it during a disturbed show. No, you keep the phone in your pocket. No, keep it brief. No, I I mean, you, you should keep it brief anyway. Um, you know yes. try to keep it brief for the but most see, part people don't know people don't know that you can't pull out your phone b- during the movie they don't know it they have to be told that's how that works and this is what david draymond's doing thank goodness well, applause but I, david draymond no no no, no. But if it was if that if it was going to be like that you would be like danzig and you would have no pictures taken at your show if they see your fucking phone out they come and get it from you and confiscate it and make you erase your fucking pictures i was at the at a show here for Danzig and they were grabbing people's fucking phones erasing shit off of them at the show as it's going on if you're that fucking serious about it and you take your art so seriously at least have the fucking common decency to make that a fucking rule before the show starts and 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 say it to everybody instead of calling out somebody who spent the money to go to the fucking show and support your fucking dumbass and then and make them feel like shit that that's just fucking stupid there is a difference between investing a hell of a lot of effort and making it a focus of the damn show versus just everybody knowing what is or, and should knowing what is relatively okay behavior. Do you know and what year woman, it is? Do you know where we are on the earth? Being how this, rude. Uh, how this She's works? Being rude. I mean, like the, you, you, but the the. <laughs> What's rude to her is not is not rude, rude to him is not rude for everybody else. You know, the fact that I at a show 
will take us take a picture within the first three songs and i'll i'll try to get it posted as fast as i can i put my fucking phone away and watch the rest of the show does not mean that that everybody else believes that that's the way it should be done because i was at napalm death the other night and like i said some dude had his fucking ipad out taking goddamn pictures of the show and yeah, it was annoying, but you know what? It's his fucking iPad. He can do whatever the fuck he wants with it. You know, so but no, dude. It, 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 he should have some empathy for everybody else who's paid to empathy. be at that show. It's 2016. Empathy. There's no such thing as that empathy. anymore. It's, it yeah. doesn't exist anymore. You the can't rely on concert, that. There's only one person with a microphone. That's the singer. This singer needs to call it out when they see it and get it to stop. And that's what Draymond does. Thank goodness. It's a shtick. Thank goodness. It's, it's a shtick. It's not because he believes it. That's the that's the shitty thing. I mean, he, no, I he admitted that in in that in just, his apology. Just because it's a shtick doesn't mean that it's there's that it's untrue. It's something that's bothered him, and then he turns it into something. I think that that that's fine. It's a shtick. It's a fucking shtick. When it shtick. stops, when it stops, it no longer is a valid thing to do. But it hasn't stopped yet, and this woman was a great example of not stopping. Yeah. The- if she goes to the hockey game, you know what, and you get hit by the puck. You know, you got to pay attention. Those the are, those come are at pretty you. funny videos, actually. That's uh, that's yeah. pretty hilarious. Those are funny. Well, I mean, what was the one? Um, uh, damn it! Oh, remember the one that uh, that came up with the baseball game uh, with the with the bunch of girls that were texting at the baseball game, and the announcers were making fun of them or whatever for for sitting there texting. They're not even watching the game. Blah 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 blah. And did you remember that video? It was uh, over no. the oh, it was last summer. Because uh, during baseball season and uh, and it was a big deal, right? Because these announcers are kind of goofing off on it and just making some jokes because it's baseball. So it's boring as fuck. So they're, so, yeah. they're, so they're trying to make some kind of joke out of it. Right. And then come to find out that, oh, the announcer inside the stadium just had an Instagram me pro- contest inside the game so that you well, you would hashtag and you'd win something inside the stadium. And that's what they were doing. They were actually participating in something that was going on. So these people call these announcers call out these girls for taking pictures of themselves and taking selfies and all this other. Blah, 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 blah. But it was actually something that they were doing as part of the thing. And that's what my point is, is that the. The modern day show is completely different than it ever used to be. We, you know, I was talking with somebody tonight on on Facebook about uh, a show we went to in 1994, and it's like, oh yeah, dude, remember that? I was like, I just got this. I just got my nipple ring in uh, that night, and we. Was, uh, blah, blah. I don't have any fucking pictures of that shit. You know, there's no record of that stuff that had actually happened. I think I have a ticket stub maybe somewhere folded up inside a folder or something. Nowadays, we got we can actually take some pictures and show where we were and remember that stuff and have that stuff around and post it to the Internet and put it out there and support the band that we like even more. So if I want to hashtag, uh, you know, Melvin's from the other night that I, that I saw because I love the Melvin's and want to make sure that, you know, other people t- check it out. This is it. Check this tour out because it's coming to your town that's a good thing for the band. So when you call people out for shit like this, it just makes it so people, you know, are more likely to say fuck off. And I, and I just don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't think that's a good thing. No, like disturbed to have people have trouble getting people to their shows. Well, disturbed, you know, most of the people that go to disturbed shows have flip phones, but you know, it's all good. So, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. So I, I don't know, man. I I can see kind of both sides of it because you know how I am. But uh, yeah. but, but really, 
I, I don't know. I think it was a, he even admits it was a mistake for calling her out. So uh, you know, two weeks in a row. Last week I had to call out everybody else in Metal Sucks for uh, you know trying to 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 call BS about uh, Max Cavalera and 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 uh, <laughs> dispute with the current version of Sepultura. Well, just because he had to get and, Andy to bring out statistics and, for you, man. Did, Good job. Yeah, and then look at that. Look at that. <laughs> Statistically, although slightly uh, a lot less than I anticipated, I am right, but just only a little bit right objectively speaking and i think once again once again i'm going to disagree with everybody at metal sucks and say yay david draymond yay disturbed thank you thank you he should have held his ground i think he i don't think that the apology was necessary i think it was a pr move and i think that uh, uh i'm 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 glad that david draymond exists i'm glad that uh uh he's doing the public service of trying to stop rude people from being rude at his shows and hopefully that has some some fallout for all of the concerts that i go to as well god forbid somebody might actually bump into you or something at a metal show oh no uh, something bad and something rude might happen at a metal show. Oh, no. Uh, terrible things, man. Uh, I mean, you know, they, they, that's what they should do. Every metal show I go to, there should be two microphones. There should be the singer gets a microphone and then there's me with the second microphone calling out people on being being, you know, rude. That 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 sounds like a quality show. Well, see, at least at least like when you're talking about the movie theater, you know, because we're we're in the hometown of Alamo Drafthouse who got in the flap with the. Uh, with the whole texting thing where the lady got kicked out and it became a big PSA. Do you remember that one? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, Tim League and, and calling that out like that, you know, but that's when you walk in and there's rules and you follow the rules. If he wants that to be a rule, he should make it a fucking rule at the show. And that way, nobody fucking does it. Plain and I and hope he does. I and, hope he does going forward. More power to him. That's fine. Then it's up front. It's all part of it. But otherwise... Uh, shut the fuck up. Just so. because it's not a stated rule isn't a permission slip to be rude. Well, d- d- dude, whatever. I mean, but at the same time, it, uh, I'm in an outdoor venue and I'm smoking a cigarette next to you. You don't like that either. Well, fuck off. You know, I'm outside. So, you know, it, it, is that rude? Maybe, but I'm still doing it. So mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not I'm not going to tell you how many times I've farted on your leg because to get back at you. So. Uh, it's OK. I, I burned all those smells out. I can't smell anything anyway. That's, a, that's a, one of the side effects of smoking in the first place. All right. We got to wrap this show up, man. Uh, make sure that you are subscribed to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you get your podcast. Uh, you can find us uh, because it's important. You subscribe and you don't have to do anything to get the show. It comes right to your device. And uh, every single Monday when we post it, you'll have a new episode of the Metal Sucks podcast. Pretty cool, right? Or if you want to hunt it down, MetalSucks.net, of course, we post it there every Monday. And uh, you can also follow us on social media. I'm at Bearded Ape. I'm at Godless Speaks. Godless Speaks on Facebook. You can uh, find us on Instagram. Uh, I will post more pictures of shows from now on, I promise, uh, at Chuck and Godless. If you want to find us there, pretty much I, I, I post pictures of shows. Godless posts pictures of food. So yeah. you kind of know where that goes. Uh, and also you can find us on patreon.com slash Chuck and Godless as well as Chuck and So, so support us there. If you feel so damn inclined, we would appreciate Please it. Please feel inclined. Thank you uh, to Des Fafra for being our guest this week. Architects UK, a oh, new great new song from them. Go look them up. That's some awesome stuff, man. And until next week, I'm Chuck. I'm Godless. And this is another episode of the Metal Sucks Podcast.
You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, jabberjawmedia.com. Shh.